The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Point that will set in motion 
the machinery that will lead to Jesus' betrayal, arrest, trial, death, resurrection, and ascension. All these things start with Jesus leaving. The first trial is fixed. And we're about to see an amazing pattern, an amazing picture be revealed before our eyes. But what is it that is going to be revealed when these events take place? Well, what we will see is our Lord Jesus Christ glorified. Now, when you think of God being glorified, maybe you've got that idea of that glowing cloud or something like that. Maybe you've got this idea of sort of levitating and like the, the rays of the sun coming out from you. Maybe, maybe that's a picture of glorification for you. But in this passage, what we're about to see as John continues on for the rest of his gospel is Jesus is glorified in his suffering. In his sacrifice, Jesus says, Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. So we're about to see Jesus as he truly is revealed to the world. And through Jesus, God reveals himself, his glory to the world. John is or he spoke about glory at the very start of his gospel. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's get back to the Old Testament for a second. Moses in the Old Testament in the Exodus asked God to reveal his glory to him. Moses says in Exodus 33, Please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And it continues in, in um, chapter 34, verse 67. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, Forgiving iniquity, iniquity, and transgression and sin. God reveals His goodness. He reveals His character. That is where God is glorified. The Son of God's glory is seen as a Son who is full of grace and truth. The Son of Man, the title that's used in verse 31 here, is a title that's used to, uh, in association with the glory of God. In Daniel 7, verses 13 to 14, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, 
And behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Son of Man is a title associated with glory. As we come to the gospel, the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all associate the Son of Man with sacrifice. You can see a few examples there. Boxes of holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day of his age. The Son of Man is associated now with suffering. He's associated with glory and suffering. And now John, in his gospel, brings the two things together. And it shows that through the events of Jesus' betrayal, arrest, death, resurrection, that is the place where Jesus, the Son of Man, is truly glorified. Or we might say that it's the place where his, his nature and His goodness is most fully revealed to the world. That word, you know, try hard to use just one word to sum up the, the nature, the goodness of Jesus. I think it'd be hard to go past the word love. In verse 14, Jesus washed his disciples' feet and told them to serve just as he had served them. In verse 34, Jesus turns to the subject of love and tells his disciples to love just as he loved. In doing so, Jesus gives them a new standard for love. His commandment to love is, is not new in and of itself. The newness of this command is a, a new way of understanding how to love. A new standard that's now present that wasn't previously known. So the previous standard of love, as we see in the Christian and in Matthew and other places, previous standard is how we love ourselves. That's how we were to love. The new standard is the standard for how Jesus loves us. That is now how we are to love one another. Love one another just as I have loved you, said Jesus. And what sort of love was Jesus known to have? Well, he is the man who would touch the young 
untouchable. Always his love. His love was a love that would serve the betrayer, the denier, the deserter. That was the love he was going to be His love was willing to die for the undeserving. That's the love he was known to have. And Jesus' death will give his disciples a new understanding of love and a new place from which to view love. It gives us a new viewpoint for love also. Christians are to understand love from the viewpoint of the cross. We're to consider suffering, you know, like the Jesus suffering on the cross. We're to reflect the sort of love that Jesus was known to have. Jesus' disciples, their love for one another to be what is their distinguishing factor. That is what sets them apart as the disciples of Jesus. Usually, disciples of a teacher were, were known because of their close proximity to that teacher. They would follow them around. They would learn from their teachings. They would learn from what they would say. They would follow their teachers very closely. Well, Jesus said that his disciples will be obvious because of a different following. It's not through their proximity to Jesus' body, but through their proximity to Jesus' behavior. They will reflect Jesus. Their love will be like his. And that love is it's not a standing with Jesus as, as we see. Uh, uh, accusations that leveled at Peter when he betrayed Jesus. It's not a you were standing with Jesus, nor is it a you sound like Jesus. The people will be known as Jesus' disciples. Because they reflect the sort of love that Jesus was known to have. Take a minute to consider that. Could that be said of your time back this church? When people look at us, do they say, oh, they reflect the love you know Jesus gives us? Is that an accusation that could be leveled at you? Is it obvious that you're a disciple of Jesus because of the life you have? Does it reflect Jesus' life? What is your standard of life? Is it self-life? Is that your standard? Or do you have a new thing? Standard that is sacrificial life. 
this is really important for us, friends, because in verses 36 to 38, Jesus speaks of the danger of love that is not founded on the sacrificial love of Jesus. And as with Peter, when our love is not founded on the sacrificial love of Jesus, our love will fail. The word translated there as follow has an interesting range of meaning. Now, it can have that proximity meaning that be really close to someone, like follow after someone, to accompany someone, to come alongside someone. Sort of like the puppy, when you leave and they've got to stay at home and you see those eyes. And it was that following sort of I've got a you're going somewhere. What about me? You want to be close and talk to me, don't you? But also included in the range of meanings for this word follow. I words that relate more to behavior. It can mean to God to be a disciple, a learner. It can mean to obey. Peter's life, the puppy. His idea of following Jesus has more to do with proximity to Jesus' body. But you can't deny Peter's commitment to Jesus. I mean, look at what he says. He says, Lord, can't I follow you now? Yes, I will lay down my life for you, Jesus. I want to be with you, Jesus. I don't want to leave you alone wherever it is you are going. I will fight for you, Jesus, to the very end. Whatever the cost, whomever the foe. Peter is committed to Jesus, to loving Jesus. And who wouldn't want a friend like that, right? Who wouldn't want a friend with them who says, Look, whatever we face, I'm going to give my life to you. So notice the words now and after. Jesus basically says to Peter, and through his conversation to Peter, to the other disciples as well, no doubt, you can't follow me yet. It is not possible for you to follow me yet. But you will follow me later. Or you will follow me finally, we could say, if that were to ask you. There's no doubt that Peter wants to express his love and commitment to Jesus no matter what. He wants to prove his commitment to Jesus. He wants to prove his love and faithfulness Jesus, even to the point of death, if he's willing to go to Caesar. But to love just as Jesus loved requires more than just grit and determination. To love just as Jesus loved, you can't just muscle that one over the line. One commentator puts it this way. 
He says, unless one has a profound experience of being loved, it is virtually impossible to express profound love for another. Let's say that again. Unless one has a profound experience of being loved, it is virtually impossible to express profound love for another. Is that your experience? To love just as Jesus loved is not possible without experiencing the love of Jesus ourselves. Is it? But Jesus promised Peter to follow me after this. Not after what? Well, after what is to come for Jesus, and it's after what is to come for Peter. What is to come for Jesus? Betrayal, arrest, suffering, sacrifice. What is to come for Peter? He's going to deny Jesus. So what does that? What does that? But through Peter's denial, we can see that following Jesus without the context of the cross results in not much more than religious enthusiasm. More a commitment to, to piety. And it's going to end in power. It's the following of Jesus of the draw your sword time. Draw your power and watch peace of the matter. Following Jesus in the context of the cross, following Jesus just as loving, just as Jesus has loved, results in loving service and results in fellowship with one another and with Jesus himself. We truly get, how can we truly understand Jesus' love for us without the cross? He said that it is not possible to get Jesus' love divorced from the cross, is it? No, that is where his love is most fully displayed. Love in the context of the cross does not end in failure. Come with me for a second to John chapter 21. It is worth turning there if you've got your book, your Bible with you. And this interaction between Jesus and Peter happens after Jesus' death and resurrection. This is an afterward moment. What is the behavior of love that Jesus calls Peter to? It's as a reflection of Jesus' love for Peter and for his own. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, 
do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. See, as Jesus said to Peter the first time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the first time, do you love me? And he said, but to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand, and another will dress you, and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of dress Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. He did a lot. that Jesus called Peter to. The love that Jesus displayed. It's the love that Jesus had. And history would say that that Peter would die for Jesus. He would lay down his life for Jesus. But that only came, that was only possible afterwards. After the cross. After he had seen the glory of the Son of Man revealed through his suffering. The cross changes everything for me. It changed everything for Peter and it can change everything for you. Maybe as we've been going through this today, you've realized that you've been following Jesus without the context of the cross. In fact, your love is based on a 21st century version of proximity to Jesus. You're committed to piety. You're faithful in your religious practice. Maybe your attendance is right on. Your giving is right on. But something is missing. Your love to continue to follow. It's kind of Have you had a profound experience of being loved by Jesus? Have you spent time considering Jesus' goodness, His love for you as it is revealed through His cross? 
Could you experience his life? Could you do that now? See, Peter was a man who had tried to muscle his love through. He tried to be love outside of the context of the cross. What was Jesus' response to Peter? What did he do for Peter? He gave him a new understanding of love. A new standard of love. He restored Peter. And called Peter to follow Just because your life has failed in the past doesn't mean it has been destined to fail in the future. Consider the love of Jesus displayed on the cross. Love one another, one another, just as Jesus has loved you. And follow him today. Our loving Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the expression of your love as we see in Jesus. I thank you for giving us a new standard of love. The Lord, I confess that we fall short over and over and over again. The Lord, that doesn't change who you are. Lord, you still call us to yourself to recalibrate our understanding of what love is. And you tell us to follow you. To love as you have loved. To follow your example. And through us, you glorify yourself as we reflect your love. Father, I pray for all of us here today. Would you give us that understanding of love? The self-sacrificing love that Jesus displayed, that Jesus has for us. Draw us to yourself and send us out as your true, genuine, loving disciples are. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.